This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 235, and I'm talking with Carissa Schweitzer. Carissa runs with the Bowerman Track Club, and she is on fire right now. She recently broke the 3K indoor record in a time of 825.70, finishing ahead of her teammates Shelby Houlihan and Colleen Quigley. This is her second year competing as a professional with the Bowerman Track Club, so she is off to a great start for 2020. Before running with Bowerman, she ran for the University of Missouri, where she was a six-time NCAA champion. She won the NCAA title in cross country her junior year, which was quite the breakthrough race for her. And I loved hearing about her mentality during that race and what she learned from that race. And then we talk about her transition from running as a college athlete to running as a professional athlete. I love Carissa's positive mental attitude and her mindset. My biggest takeaway, which you'll hear repeatedly in this episode, is that anything can happen. And I think she really sets herself up for success with that mentality when she races. So many great things ahead for Carissa. I know she's going to be going for a spot on that 5k team at the Olympic trials. So make sure you are watching her. You can find her on Instagram. She is Carissa and I'm just going to spell her last name. It's part of her last name, S-C-H-W-E-I-Z-4. All right, everybody. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, a podcast network that I started that I'm really excited about and really proud of. It's been a dream of mine to start this network for a while, and I finally just went ahead and made it happen. The two other shows in the network right now are the Illuminate podcast and the Up and Running podcast. I would love it so much if you would consider checking out those shows. I promise there's all good stuff on both of them. On the Illuminate podcast, I hosted the most recent episode and I interviewed my friend Chrissy Vasquez, who's doing all kinds of great stuff to destigmatize illiteracy, depression, and other mental health issues. She is a kind and generous and caring person that I'm so thankful to know. She's also a full Ironman finisher. If you go back to this podcast, she was on episode 10 of this podcast, but we get into so much more of her story on the Illuminate podcast. So go check out the Illuminate podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram as well, the Illuminate podcast, and check out that most recent episode with Chrissy Vasquez. In all that's going on right now and all the uncertainty that people are feeling, Uh, that episode will hopefully lift your spirits and give you a little positive motivation to have a great day and to also help other people. Again, that's the Illuminate podcast. And then check out the Up and Running podcast. My friend Lauren Flores hosts it with Abby Stanley and they give you all the good details of what's going on in the world of professional and elite running. Those ladies know way more about the sport of running than I do. So we will let them give you all the news. Okay, thanks for being here and enjoy my conversation with Carissa Schweitzer. Today on the podcast, we have Carissa Schweitzer on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Carissa. 
Yes. Thank you for having me. How many takes did it take me to do your last name? <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple, but I'm used to it. <laughs> oh, well, you are on fire right now. You're having such a great year. Congratulations on all your recent successes. Yes, thank you so much. It's been a fun start to 2020. Oh my goodness. Yes, that 3K record that you just set. Um, talk about that. How are you feeling coming off of that? Yeah, um, it was definitely just kind of coming off such a high. Um, I think it had a lot building up to that moment, um, especially just at USA's. Um, I finished second and third, and I just felt like I had a lot in me, and I just felt like I still had a breakthrough coming. And even my coach was talking to me about it beforehand. He was just like, you never will know what's going to happen in this 3K and just kind of put yourself out there. And I think that's helped me a lot this year, just having the freedom to really go after that stuff. Like in the past, he kind of was holding me back and saying like, I don't want you to take the lead till 400 to go, or I don't want you to lead at all in this race. And so now he's definitely given me a little more trust. And um, I've been able to kind of well, I've gotten more strength as well, but able to control the race more. And I think that's helped me a lot. And going into that 3K, I was pretty confident that anything could happen. I don't, you don't want to step on the line and just give the win to someone. So I'm always going to fight for it. And even if um, it doesn't look pretty, but um, definitely, definitely coming off of a high and very excited about where I'm at right now. Yeah. Do you feel like you needed a little bit more time running as a professional before you went into it with that confidence? And where did that confidence come from? Yeah, I mean, definitely having a full year under my belt at Bowerman now definitely helped me a lot. And just being able to rack up high mileage and doing consistent workouts, um, that definitely has built my confidence. But just um, I've been feeling really good in workouts and we've been like really testing the speed and stuff. So I knew a PR was coming, but I didn't think it was going to be that big of a PR, but I do love the three K. So, um, my confidence and just love for the event, I think just together and just the atmosphere at BU is really exciting. Just a lot of fast times and seeing all my teammates run fast right before just kind of gives you that reassurance. You're just like, Oh, we're all fit right now. And so, uh, big things are going to happen. So I think just having an all around great atmosphere, great training partners, and just that confidence leading into the race just helps me a lot. Yeah. And Carissa, for those of you who don't know, she broke the American record in the 3K at this indoor track meet. And uh, Shelby Houlihan and Colin Quigley were right behind you in the race. And those ladies have both been on the podcast before too. So um, I'd love to hear you talk about your relationship with them. And was that kind of surreal moment? Like, you know, you're kind of like the, you're not really the freshman anymore, but you're, you're running with these ladies who've been on the team for several years. Yeah. I mean, just definitely looking up to them. They've given me a lot of advice and um, just helped me so much with just practices and stuff. Cause it's not always easy. And um, I've actually had quite a few practices where like you get dropped in workouts and <laughs> those kind of frustrating things that you wouldn't think happen leading up to those kind of races, but they do and you just have to deal with it. Um, but they have so much experience in, especially in like the 3k and 1500 and all those races. So I think running it with them helped a lot and just 
being able to train with them leading up to it, it just honestly felt like a glorified practice when we we're all running together. Like I'm so used to running behind like Shelby or Colleen or Kate. And so um, just felt very comfortable and confident in that race. And I think that helped us a lot produce those fast times. Yeah, it's all the pictures of you ladies after that race. Are, it's so exciting to see you all supporting each other. And you're all after kind of the same big goals, but it's fun to see the relationship. You know, we're all looking on the outside looking in, but it feels like you all have a really special bond. Yeah, it's really cool to see. And even Shalane had a post a couple weeks ago, just kind of about like having those breakthroughs and um, just how special it is that your time doesn't come very often. But when it does, like you need to support others or like, um, just like enjoy that moment because everyone is going for the same goal. And you know, what's the point of being down about not getting it yourself when someone else is having that moment. So I think our team does a really good job of just supporting each other. Even if the other person is disappointed that they didn't get something, they still are the first one to hug you after a race. So I think that's really cool to see. Yeah. Talk to us about what it's like. I know that you are coached under Jerry Schumacher, but also Shalane is doing a lot of coaching now too. Talk to us about what it's like to have Shalane as your coach and mentor. Yeah, she's helped our women's team a lot. And I think just giving us that perspective and giving us that advice um, for how many years that she's raced competitively at that level. And she's been so strong and healthy for her whole time professionally. And I think that just helps us a lot. And she's always like giving us new recipes to try. And <laughs> we, a lot of us come from her cookbook and it's just really fun to see her give back to the sport so much and um, just see her. She just, all she wants to do is help us. And um, she's a really good person to go to if you're struggling with anything. What a cool time in her career as well. Like, you know, she's she's done chasing the competition, but she gets to do this side of, of the sport with the coaching. And, man, it's really cool to see her do that. Let's talk about your life before Bowerman. I love all of you Iowa ladies who are so fast. Yes, it's been pretty cool um, to have Shelby and me and Shelby both be from Iowa yeah. and now competing at this level because – I just remember racing her in high school and it's just insane now to be training with her. She, I've always looked up to her when I was younger, so it's pretty cool. What was she like a senior when you were a freshman? Yeah. Yeah. So there's like pictures of like my freshman year and she would be like 200 meters in front of the whole field. (laughs) She was just dominating when I was a high schooler. So, um, I always was like, Oh, she's so cool. Or I just like, want to get to know her and stuff and now actually knowing her is like it's been really fun she's just really goofy and just has like a really like loving personality um you come from a long line of runners it seems like your whole family runs um is it just it's just in your blood huh yeah definitely the whole family runs it's pretty funny we've been um on like trips and stuff before and there was one time we were just running around a lake and I think we ran around that lake like three times or something and someone was like oh is there just a road race going on and I was like nope this is my family (laughs) (laughs) this is very typical but yeah I love it I love being able to share that with them um yeah so my grandpa ran and my parents both ran all at the same college and then my brother and sister both run 
um, one's at Mizzou and one's at Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I'm in Indiana, so I'm not far from Notre Dame. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 So you're the oldest. Mm -hmm. Okay. So following the siblings are following your footsteps, but you've all followed in the generations before you did your parents like after college and whatnot. Did they run competitively at all? Like, did they go pro? No. Yeah. They just ran in college. They were at a D2 school in Mankato. So being able to see all three of us running at D1 levels and then being able to watch my professional career has really just been like a dream come true for them. I could have never imagined being able to see that and have like potential of running like, like Olympic trials and potential of running the Olympics. I think just like it's been a really fun journey for all of us. So why did you choose to go to the University of Missouri? Um, it was really random. I think I just ran into one of the coaches after GRIAC and um, got to talking. I really liked him. And then I visited there. And just when I visited the team and got to see the campus and everything, I think I just knew like the atmosphere was what I wanted to be a part of. They just had a really good team atmosphere and they wanted, they weren't quite at the level of making nationals, but they wanted to get there and they had a lot of um, just potential and a lot of people were coming in and I just wanted to be a part of something that would be really special if we made it to nationals or if we um, put together like a good DMR and stuff. So, and when I was there, we were able to do that. And I think it just um, was really cool to see that all come together. Okay. So I know DMR is distance medley relay, but tell everybody what that exactly consists of for the listeners who maybe don't know. Yes. Um, that's a 1200 leg, 800 leg, 400 leg and a mile. But, um, we usually run that in indoor track and I normally would run the mile, but it goes 1200s first and then 400, 800 mile. Okay. And you did the mile. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to hear about your coach and what your experience was like in the team atmosphere and with your coaches while you were competing as a collegiate athlete. Yeah. um, I think just my coach was very patient with me. And I think that helped me a lot. Just my freshman year, um, I was able to make nationals my freshman year cross country season. And I think that was just a really big breakthrough for me. And, um, from that, he actually told me I, I placed like 150th or something at nationals. And after that race, he's just like, Oh, like that was a rough one out there, but I really believe like someday you're going to be in the top three at nationals. And I'm just like, coach, are you blind? Like, what did you just (laughs) see? Like, it was just, mind-blowing to me because I was just like there's just no way but he just always saw so much potential in me and I think that helped me gain confidence and see that potential as well and so just as like the years have went on it was just constantly just giving me that confidence and slowly increasing my mileage and workouts and stuff and it was never a drastic change and it was just always consistency over time which I know a lot of people don't want to hear because it's the boring way Mm -hmm. to, you know, get good. But honestly, that's what helped me so much. I stayed injury free during my whole collegiate career and um, never took uh, off season or anything like that. So 
um, that helped a lot. And I just made drastic improvements as the years went on. And um, obviously, there were some years that were like down, but um, we always were able to regroup and figure out a plan for the next season. So um, I think I just developed a really good relationship with him and understanding with where my fitness was and what we needed to do for each race and stuff. So um, I was really happy with my time there. And so would you say your junior year was kind of your breakthrough year? Um, yeah, I think junior year was um, when, yeah, when cross country and I won my first title. And that was just kind of um, just showed where I could be at and where I should be at. Um, going into cross country nationals, I was ranked like probably in the top 10 to finish, but hardly anyone was ranking me in the top five. And even like my coach is just like, Oh, they just don't know. Like he's mm-hmm. just kept telling me, he's like, they don't know where you're at. And I was like, okay, coach, like, I understand, like, you think I should be higher and I agree, but, um, like whatever. And just, we had like really bad weather, um, before that race. And I just remember him sitting me down and he was just like, okay, it's going to be horrible conditions tomorrow. Just remember anything can happen. Like it's going to be horrible. Anything can happen. And I'm just like, okay. And that just stuck in my head. And Mm. as the race was playing out and, um, we were, I was in the top five for most of the race and all of a sudden I'm just like what if I win this I literally think that in the middle of the race and I'm just like oh, I don't know and I was like no I could possibly win this and just thinking that and that just tiny thought of like anything can happen in my head I think just gave me that just tiny boost of confidence that I needed to just do something that was just out of out of my head at the time and um, crossing that finish line I still like I just remember the feeling of like this doesn't feel real. I can't believe like I just crossed in first at this big of a stage. And just going forward from that moment, um, just like put me at another level and I was able to continue to compete at that level. And I think I just needed that tiny boost of confidence and just like a kind of like a magical race in a way. Okay. So I want to be clear just so the listeners know, and that I know that I have this right. This is the same championship race, the NCAA cross country championships that you got 155th in two years before. Yes. Two years before 155th. And then the next year I didn't even make it. And then the third year I win. So wow, (laughs) definitely a little different. (laughs) That's so incredible. I love that. That I love that, um, that seed that he planted. Anything is possible. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And that's just really stuck with me through honestly all of my career, just because you just once you have a moment like that, you just never want to rule anything else. Like you just realize you're just like you're capable of so much. And sometimes your mind just can't even like understand it or comprehend it. I mean, that still has to be like such a defining moment in your career, even though you're a pro now that that moment when you won that championship in college what would you say your biggest takeaways from that when, what were they? Um, yeah, definitely just anything can happen. And, um, there was like a part in that race where people were pulling away and I kind of like gave up a little bit at that moment. And I think it's just really important that to not fully give up in a race and just 
know that even if like the middle of it or the beginning isn't feeling good, it can just completely turn around as the race goes on. Like, for example, like Des in that marathon that she won, she on, she told everyone, like she was telling Shalane that she was going to help her out in the race because she was like, I'm going to drop out. I don't <laughs> feel good. And then she goes on and wins Boston. And I think it just goes to show that the mind can play powerful games and even the body can just change throughout the course of a race. And you never want to just shut down after you just don't feel good after lap one or lap two. And um, I just really believe in just like the power of consistency and just um, trying to maintain and overpower that. So when they started pulling away and you let them go a bit, when did you take back over? Um, I think it was around, it was right when you crossed like in Terre Haute, there's this like this one finishing stretch that's just all uphill. I think it's like 500 or 600 meters. And um, we rounded that and that was the first time I could see the leaders again. And I just knew I had a kick and I was just like, I just don't think they're that far away. Like they, when I look back at the race, I'm like, they were far away. But <laughs> um, at the time, I was like, they're not that far away. And it was just one at a time trying to pick them up. Like I was like, oh, I could get fourth. I could get third. And then once I realized I could get third, I'm like, I'm not getting second. <laughs> and so it was just full send from there. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let's just like finish through with your college career here before we get to Bowerman a little bit. Um, your senior year, same race. You're definitely the favorite to, to win that race and you finished 11th. How do you walk away from that experience knowing, Hey, I was the reigning, I was the champion from last year. And, um, I'm sure that kind of felt a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I think that was a really hard race for me, just um, going in as the favorite and realizing you're not going to win. It's just really heartbreaking. And um, I was just happy. Like, it just was a really off day for me. And I could have just really given up Mm -hmm. and being able to stick in it. And even though, like, second, third, fourth, it's all, like, disappointing from there on out once you knew you couldn't win. And so I was just battling there and um finishing 11th was just hard to walk away with but after some downtime I talked to my coach and I was just told him I was like I just want to be out for blood this track season I was (laughs) like I just I want it bad and we trained really hard and that was honestly the most fit I've ever been in an indoor season so um I think sometimes you just need to be take a step back in order to take a couple of steps forward. So can't win them all. And um, sometimes it just makes you hungry for more. Yeah, I know. And I love that you say that you like, even though you knew that winning wasn't going to happen, like you just still kept fighting for it, regardless of the place that you finished in. Yeah. And that's really hard to do as an athlete, especially when you're coming in like reigning champ and stuff. So I was happy. I was happy with the 11th place finish for the day, just because that's honestly what I could do. And sometimes that sucks, but it's just a weird day. Yeah. I mean, you easily could have been like, okay, well, I'm so far removed now. Like what's 11th place? What's 25th place at this point? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you went on to have a really great track season and, um, you ran that 3255 in the 10k, which what is so cool about that is, you're in college, but you finished behind Gwen Jorgensen and Carrie D- 
Dimoth, talk about running against pros as a college athlete. Was that intimidating? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely a little intimidating. But in college, I always just thought of it as like, I love being the underdog. And it was just another chance to be the underdog. Because if they beat you, it's like, oh, they're kind of expected to. But um, it just gives you excitement to try to beat them and try to like be competitive in a professional setting. Because um, at that time, I was like, that's what I want to do later on. And um, just trying to test the waters and getting thrown in the deep end is sometimes how you need to um, try it out. At what point were you in the position where you knew going pro was something you were going to pursue? Um, probably after my junior year was where I kind of realized that this would be um, a good option and just trying to explore that and see um, what exactly that would entail next. And what were those next steps? How did you research? I'm I'm having a fun time hearing how uh, different people go about this process. I just talked to your teammate, Vanessa, and she was saying how she was like listening to podcasts where, you know, other runners that went pro had been on to see what their path was. So how, what did you do to go about researching? Yeah, um, everyone's path is definitely different. And I would try, I just like even meets where I'd run against professionals. I feel like I just kind of asked about it a little bit um, every now and then. And I mean, I even remember I asked Shelby um, just a little bit about Bowerman and stuff when I was a senior and I was racing at Drake or a junior and I was racing at Drake and um, she was racing there as well. So I just kind of started networking a little bit. Um, <laughs> and Smart. I think that helped a lot because I just got a feel for people's personalities rather if they, told me a lot or didn't tell me that much it was just um I got a feel for where I wanted to go and once I visited Jerry's group um I think I just knew that that was gonna set me up the best for um my future in running okay so I always ask this question too did you reach out to Jerry or did Jerry reach out to you um I don't really know exactly because my college coach was actually doing a lot of that for me okay um I think he might have reached out, but maybe we reached out to him. I don't want to say exactly because I'm not sure. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't um, want to be quoted at the wrong, the wrong. One. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say that I reached out to him and then he's like, "Wait, no, I reached out to you." He won't listen <laughs> so. anyway, so it doesn't. True, true. Matter. He's not on social media. <laughs> one of the things from your college career, I read that you're the most decorated female athlete to ever come out of Mizzou. Is that true? Um. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, that's pretty crazy just to even hear that. But um, it's just a great experience. And um, there was actually Jaden Cox was a wrestler at my time. And he was like the most decorated male at the time. And it was pretty cool to share that experience with him. Oh, yeah. You guys you guys met that honor at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you about is kind of like the mindset shift when you had those breakout races, what do you think in your mind changed? Or do you think it was just physical changes in your body? I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was physically, I was finally like strong enough to enable a kick at the end of races and just have more confidence in my racing. Um, but mentally as well, just um, you can practice and run times all you want and you can hear a coach say you're in this kind of shape or 
you're in like sub 15 5k shape and stuff but it doesn't truly set in until you are in a race and it actually happens and so um for me it's just I constantly had to like remind myself I belong here and that I want to be competitive in this um group or in this race so Hey, everybody, I'm going to take a quick break and thank a sponsor for this podcast episode. Sponsors make this show possible, and I'm so thankful for my sponsor, Lily Trotters, who has been around for quite a while. They've been a big supporter of this show, and they are my favorite compression sock. Lily Trotters is a female-founded company, and they make the most fashionable, cute, and functional compression socks on the market. They also have new crew socks, which I've been loving lately. I've been wearing the heck out of their crew socks. And you all can save 25% off your order at Lily Trotters on regularly priced items when you use the code ANOTHER. A couple people reached out to me and said that code wasn't working last weekend. And I double checked and they reset the code. So if it wasn't working for you, I'm so sorry. Make sure you try again. Use the code ANOTHER. I think it was just something, a glitch with their system uh, last week. And so it has been reset and you can still get that discount. So 25% off full priced items. Use the code ANOTHER and make sure you check out Lily Trotters. They are the best compression sock out there and they're super cute. LilyTrotters.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. All right. And you can find more episodes, bonus episodes from, from me over on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. My husband Glenn and I just recorded an episode where we talked about the Olympic trials that recently went down the marathon trials and some, a bunch of other random things that, that came out in that episode. Maybe some things about how I may or may not have been the worst high school student on the planet. Uh, anyway, yeah, I have bonus episodes over there and I would appreciate it so much if you would consider supporting the show in that way. For as little as 3 or $5 a month, you can get access to those bonus episodes. Again, that's patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. All right, friends, let's enjoy the rest of my conversation with Carissa Schweitzer. Okay, so let's talk about your first year at Bowerman. So you're in year two right now, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was that like to have going pro your first year? What kind of struggles did you have and what kind of um, high moments did you have as that at that first year? Um, first year was, yeah, definitely some struggles in the beginning just because it was just a lot of miles and the workouts are very intense and they're long and I'm not used to like spiking up in workouts or just going like PR times. Like it's just, it was hard to wrap my mind around that stuff and to wrap my mind around everyone being so good. Like there's like 10, 11 girls that can all like run the same stuff that you can run. And you're just like, Whoa, like this is a, huge change from college when it was like I was training with like some of the guys and stuff and um so I think just finally like the struggles of that you just kind of have to brush off and realize that like you're at this level right now and the people you're running with like if you can keep up with them like you're going to be pretty dang good yourself so um I think I was just realizing that and just kind of following in everyone's footsteps and 
um, I took a lot of like advice from people. Like I would be our first time at altitude. I was, went way too hard in the beginning and just dug up myself in a big hole that I was trying to climb out of for the whole month. And, um, I sat down and like talked with Shalane about that. And I talked to Courtney Ferrix a little bit about that too, because she's had a lot of experience at altitude and just how to like make sure my next time wasn't gonna like destroy me. And, um, they just helped a lot with trying to like ease into things and making sure your body's recovering because for Jerry's workouts, you just have to make sure that you're ready for them and that you can handle the load. And once you can finish those, it's going to produce some pretty exciting races. And so I think I just had a couple like little downfalls in the beginning, but once I was able to come off of that and just kind of be more consistent in my training, I think that helped me a lot. And, um, I was able to train with Shelby a lot in the summer and, um, that really helped my just confidence and helped my speed a lot. Just, um, being able to work with her. Yeah. I I would think that training with Shelby Houlihan would do that for you after she had such a dominant couple years, um, you know, breaking the American record in the 5k and kind of like, I feel like in the past couple of years, it's been like Shelby feels almost unbeatable. So training with her probably had to be a huge confidence booster. Yeah, it was a confidence booster, but at times it was kind of like demoralizing. <laughs> I would be like, oh, <laughs> she just dropped me so hard in that 300 or like <laughs> this. And then I would be like kind of pouty and Jerry's like, okay, you got to remember who you're training with. And I was like, I know, I know, but I was like, this is hard. <laughs> so um, I think it was really good though for me to kind of like brings everything back um just like back to earth and stuff and you're just like okay like um really ready for anything I've been training with this 354 something 1500 runner so um pretty crazy to think about yeah I guess I imagine that would be hard coming off of being so dominant in college um coming and training next to some you know another female because you mentioned you were running with a lot doing a lot of workouts with the guys at school like running next to someone that is dropping you so much but man it's like Shelby was doing that at some point too you know like she was in your position running workouts with people that were dropping her too so it's such part of the process yeah and she would tell me that too she was like oh I wish you would have seen like my first year at Bowerman she was like I was getting dropped and I was like I just don't believe it you know like of course now like that I wasn't seeing it, but, um, she's like, no, no, like there'll be a day when, you know, you're not getting dropped or you're the one doing the dropping. So did you, it all comes around. Yeah. At that point, did you imagine finishing a three K ahead of Shelby Houlihan and breaking the American record? Um, no, not at that point. (laughs) Definitely thought that would be in like years, years to come, but, um, pretty exciting to see, um, just to see all the hard work pay off and seeing it translate so well. Yeah. Um, did you go into the season with the expectations that all these things were going to happen and that you were going to have so many breakthroughs and awesome races? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, even like last year, I just really wanted to get under 15. I had no idea that like 1445 was there. pretty exciting to see that and I think that just gave me like a good um 
base going into the following year. And I knew just having that consistent training all year around was going to help me a lot, but I didn't think like a big breakthrough would come this early on necessarily. Yeah. What's, I know that so many things are up in the air right now with events with the coronavirus, but I know. Yeah. It's like <laughs> insane. So I was going to say what, when are you racing next? But you probably aren't totally sure depending on when, if things are getting canceled. Yeah, that's a little up in the air right now, but I'm sure Jerry has some kind of plan. Um, he's always working on something, but, um, yeah, we don't really know what is in store for this outdoor season, but I guess just have to control what we can control. And hopefully the Olympic trials and the Olympics are still on, but I guess we'll have to see. I know. I'm thinking like if there's an outdoor track race, as long as they don't have spectators come and people can compete without the mass crowds, I mean, I feel like the races could go on, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope. (laughs) So the Olympic trials this summer, let's talk like they are going to (laughs) happen. Yes. (laughs) Um, You seem to favor the 3k, which obviously that's not an Olympic distance. I'm assuming you'll go after the 5k. Yeah. The 5k is definitely the plan. Um, I've learned to really love the 5k. Um, When I first was put into it, I wasn't really sure about it. It's just kind of a hard distance to race but over time I've learned to really enjoy it and that'll definitely be what I'm targeting this Olympic cycle okay and what's that like knowing that so many of your teammates are probably also going after that same goal and I mean it's a deep field but you've proven that you are one to be watching and definitely one that could make this team so Talk about how your feelings are going into that. Yeah, it's uh, nerve-wracking for sure just because I want to make that team so bad. And even if you are a favorite or you think like you're going to make it, you know, anything can happen on that day. And so I think I'm just really trying to um, control what I can and to get to be as healthy and fit as I can be standing on that line. And I know if I do that, I'll be very confident and um like just excited to be where I'm at right now I've never raced in the trials so it'll just be a really cool experience and just want to take that all in and really hoping for that top three but knowing that if I can just be really fit and healthy leading up to that I think that'll be an accomplishment as well do you do anything special to mentally prepare for these big races I try not to think of them as as big as they are because um, I've had just a lot of moments like this in my career and it's really, you can get really wrapped up in the pressure and the expectations, but um, I try not to think about that. And I try to just really run for myself and um, run to the best that I can that day, because at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. And um, if you didn't leave it all out out there, then um, it wasn't meant to be. So, yeah. Where did you watch the Olympic trials in 2016? Um, I actually remember watching the 5K trials. I was driving from like Des Moines to uh, my college town and I stopped at a gas station because I wasn't going to make it um, <laughs> back in time. So I was like, oh no. Like, so I had to like live stream it at a gas station in my car, but I really wanted to see um, the trials. <laughs> But it's pretty crazy to think like 
just watching it then and now like actually being a factor in it. Yeah. Were you thinking that at the time? Like, ooh, in four years, like this could be me. Honestly, I wasn't. I don't, I feel like I was just, I just got third at nationals outdoor, but that was also kind of a surprise and it was my first all American finish. So I was just kind of like riding that high and wasn't really thinking about the possibility of like, Ooh, like you could run in that someday. So, um, it seemed a little far-fetched at the time, but it's pretty cool now to just, that is my goal. So it's 2020, you're 23. You have, I mean, this is, you're just starting. It's, it's such an exciting time. You're literally at the very beginning of your pro career and you're having just like the season of your life right now. So I guess I just curious, like, what are your hopes and expectations long-term? Um, yeah, just hopefully just staying healthy and, um, obviously want to make that Olympic team. Um, maybe like way down in the future, I'm going to want a medal, but for now I just really want to make the team and, um, I want to be in contention someday for medals. Um, does the world, I don't talk about this often on this podcast, but I'm just, I'm sometimes I get curious. Does the Mm -hmm. state of like people doping and things like that make you nervous about being able to achieve medals just because people aren't playing fair? Yeah. I mean, that's always, um, been a concern, especially in distance running. Um, but you just, when you get on the line, you just have to hope that everyone's healthy and you just assume that everyone is because the second you start thinking that people are doping or that they have this unfair advantage on you, like they're going to have that advantage and you've already lost the race. So I think just, you have to have the mindset that everyone is doing their part and it really is hard to hear after, um, of people that, are doping or of people that have been tested positive. So, um, I just tried not to think about it though and try to do my part. Yeah. That's a really good mindset to have. Did you have a mentor or someone who taught you to think like that? Um, I think that's just honestly how most of our team thinks like, um, we're very like, you know, very pro like clean sport and it's really frustrating to see when people test positive, but, um, we try just not to like, you know, worry about that or stress about that. Cause once you just start stressing about someone else, like you just have a lot of energy is drained from that. And, um, it's just easier to just not think about it and to do your part. Okay. You have one full week, you can't run families out of town and you have pure freedom. What do you do? Oh, full <laughs> week, no running, I would want to be like on a beach somewhere or um, either like that very lazy or like climbing mountains or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. We have one extreme or the next. Yes. It has to depend on my energy level. I'm guessing if I'm not running, maybe I could be like climbing and stuff. But I feel like normally when I'm in high training, all I want to do is just lay down. (laughs) Yeah. Do you read? Um, Yeah, I have. um, Recently in this year, I've been trying to read a lot more. Um, Okay, so what else do you like to do outside of running? Just like what, what is your I know that you're you like, you know, live and breathe it. But what if I asked your friends and family, like, what is Carissa all about? What would they say? Um, well, I love animals. So um, I have a cat and a dog back at home. So I'm always like spending time with them. 
Um, or I love baking. Okay. Uh, I have a couple like recipes that like my family's just always like, you have to make this or my friends are like, please make this. So, um, I have like my go-tos there, but honestly, just like, I really love like hanging out with friends or just like doing different like adventures with people and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. A lot of Netflix at times reading altitude camps get long. So you got to like find some good books and some good shows. <laughs> yeah. When I cycled through all the like Shelby calling Emily Courtney on the podcast back in the day, I, I first had all those ladies on in like 2016, 2017. I it's in, it's insane to me how fast time has flown. It's crazy. Um, yeah. but I remember they were all into The Bachelor at that point. Are you guys still watching that? Oh, yes. We're still all getting together and having, like, pizza and bachelor nights. So um, the ending of this last one was pretty crazy, and we're all kind of – it's funny how much drama we get into it. We'll just, like, be on the run and, like, the whole run talking about all the drama on it because that's the only real drama in our life. (laughs) So it's been fun. I was just really shocked about Peter's mom. Yeah, we were all very shocked. We were just like, send Barb home. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I were Madison, I would be like, oh, my gosh, I can't marry you because of your mom. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I never would, like, want to think that. But honestly, I would not date Peter because of that. (laughs) She's so mean. Yeah. And crazy, like legitimately a crazy person. There's just no way around that. Yeah, I just the, all the talking back on that show, like live, I was just <laughs> I can't handle this. This is too much. <laughs> I wanted to cringe when she was doing when she was like, it's not going to work. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. So crazy. Like, you have to fail to succeed. I'm like, don't tell your son that like oh, <laughs> on national bad. television. Yeah, yeah. If oh, I was Peter, I'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> I think he was. And I think even yeah, throughout yeah. the whole season when she would like fake cry and stuff, I think for sure. Um, all right. Sorry, non-Bachelor fans for the, you know, there's a good portion of, of people listening that, that watch. Um, yeah. So, so then are you at altitude right now? No, we're not. So we just had a winter altitude camp and now we have a couple months of just, um, sea level training and then we'll be back at altitude for the whole summer. Okay. So who do you live with or do you live by yourself? Um, I actually live with one of my best friends from high school. Um, she ran at Bradley and, um, I live with her and then I live with, um, a guy that runs a BTC elites team. So yeah, they, it's been fun having a couple roommates and then our cat too. (laughs) (laughs) And who's the BTC elite uh, guy that you guys live with? Yeah. Ryan Cox. Okay. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you're at altitude camp, who are you bunked up with? Um, that's always depends, I guess. Um, la- this last time I roomed with Marielle, okay. which was really fun. <laughs> we were actually in bunk beds. <laughs> which... Who was on the top? <laughs> <laughs> she was, <laughs> but it was funny cause it would move every time she moved. So like, she was just like, there was nights where she was just restless. And then we would both just be giggling. And, like Courtney was down the hall and she was like what was so funny last night and I'm like honestly I don't even know like it was just like I felt like we were like little kids like we were just like laughing at everything so that was really fun and then this 
other time I roomed with Shelby and I've roomed with Courtney before too. Okay. So I've I've had all the roommates. All the roommates. <laughs> yeah, Mary Ellen's been on the show too actually. I just feel like in 10 years, you guys are going to look back on this time of your life and you're going to be, it's going to just be the best memories, um, even outside of, of the racing part, just the relationships and bonds you guys have, have formed with one another. Do you feel like, do you feel that happening right now? You know how sometimes in your life you, you like are going through something and you just know the nostalgic feelings you'll have about it later. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm trying to really just like take in the moment and stuff just because I do realize at times I'm just like, wow, I just like really enjoy being around these people. Like it's just um, I feel like we have so many nights where we just, you know, like there's like not much to do at all. And we've always like come up with games or different shows to watch. And it's been just like fun having people like in your life that are going through the same thing and they're training for the same stuff they have the same goals as you but they also can have fun while doing it okay so I imagine that someone listening to this podcast might be a college athlete hoping to go pro or maybe even a high school athlete hoping to run in college and I would love for you to share some advice that you would give that younger athlete yeah um like advice I would like to hear when I was a younger athlete was just like patience and um, just trying to like really just listen to your body because if you need to like take an off day or if you just need to like run easier because your legs are just feeling off um, that that's okay. Like I know a lot of times people are just like, Oh, like it's so bad if I took this whole day off or if I like took a week off and stuff and really like sometimes just taking a couple steps back is going to, help you propel forward later on. And I do really believe in like the consistency of training and just like those miles piled on top of each other is just really going to help you long-term. And then obviously just to keep having fun with it because the second that it doesn't seem fun or it seems like work to you, like you're just not going to run as well because you're just not as passionate about it or you're just down about it. So I think just always like finding the joy in it. What are some things that you and your teammates do now to keep it fun? Um, I say like on a lot of our like easy runs and stuff, we'll come up with like games or like questions. Like I just know so much about all of them now just because like we just have like these random topics that we'll get into on our runs. And I think just having like fun conversation and just different stuff to talk about is always like keeps it upbeat and um keeps the run not like drag on too long because I think we all have been in those situations where you're on a long run and you're just like when is this going to be over and um, just having people to run next to and just people to train with I think helps so much because those solo miles can just get so long. Well this has been super fun getting to know you and I'm just so excited to see what happens next for you. You're just really on fire and I think that Um, What I've taken from this interview is that you have such a positive outlook on what you can do when you show up at the start line. And I think that people listening can take motivation from that. Yeah, for sure. I just think it's very important to have that mindset going into all races, just to have the mindset that even if you don't feel good, like, or you don't think you can, like that you have a shot at winning no matter what in that race. Anything can happen. 
Yes. <laughs> All right. What is one thing professionally or personally that you would like to do that you have not done yet? Um, I think I would personally would love to go skydiving or learn how to surf one day. Really? Yes. You're Both not... of those I just feel like are really like cool. I mean, obviously I'd be very scared to go skydiving um, and scared to surf, but um, I want to like be able to do one of those someday. <laughs> I mean, are you, does that scare you? Does skydiving doesn't scare you? Oh no, it does. Like, I think I'd have to be pushed out of the plane. <laughs> but, but when I like finished it, I think I'd be like, wow, that was so cool. Cause I do like, I love like roller coasters and like the like, big Ben, like where they just drop you. I love the feeling of like your stomach, just like, like, I don't know, like that nerve, like uh -huh. nervous feeling. I love that. So, um, it just like, I don't, I'm not good at like going and doing it. So I need help with it. <laughs> But um, one day I want to. It'll be worth it once once you start, once you've jumped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's an accomplishment you're most proud of? Um, well, I'd like to say the recent 3K, but honestly, I think it was um, my first NCA title that we talked about. I think just that really, I really surprised myself and I surprised a lot of people, but um, deep down, I knew it was in there. And I think that just gave me a lot of just confidence going into the rest of my career. And who is someone fun, motivating or inspiring that you'd like to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? Oh, I think I was like still stumped on this one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not really sure on that I would love to say like an actor or an actress, but I honestly can't think of one to come to the top of my head, which is really bad. Um, That's okay. That's a really hard on the spot yeah. question. <laughs> yes. If, if you think about it before we finish, you can come back to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but don't worry about it if you can't. Um, I know, because you don't want to say someone that isn't really the person you actually want to Yeah, I know. Sometimes, like, I'll just spit out something, and I'll look at it back later, and I'm like, oh, I did not mean that. I didn't mean that. That's not <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's a nonprofit you like to support? Um, I actually worked with Girls on the Run when I was in college. I was one of the coaches for a group outside of Columbia, and I think that just nonprofit is really cool. They just help support um younger girls and like giving them confidence and just showing them like what they can accomplish and they all like train throughout the whole um spring or fall to run a 5k at the end of their season and I just like got a lot of like just a lot of special like bonds with those girls and um it's just really cool to see them accomplish their goals and to see just see their confidence throughout the whole season just growing and um, not only in, obviously not in running, but just in life in general, they were just, um, that was really fun to see and be a part of. And what's the best, most recent book you've read? Um, I've recently read this, like, I kind of like mystery, like scary books. And, um, I read this one, it was like the last thing she said. Ooh. And, um, I read that in like four days. I just like couldn't put it down. And, now I'm reading The Silent Patient, which I've heard is really good. And I just started it. So I'm excited to see how that one is. 
I'm reading that right now too. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that's crazy. Yeah, I just got recommended and um, my mom's actually reading it as well. We're like doing our own like book club. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll have to get in on the book club with you and your mom. Yeah, I, yes. I'm i about halfway through. It's good. I'm further along than you. It's really good. Um, I was going to recommend if you like mystery type books, you should read The Couple Next Door. Oh, no, I heard about that was like on, I think it was by the same author or something that um, was the one I just read like from the girl that um, like the last thing she said, it was oh, it's recommended after. I don't know if it's the same author or it was like recommended to read after, oh, but yeah. I definitely read the description on that and I, it's on like my list. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> so, one. It's that's funny. Yeah. It's definitely like a page turner. And I mean, I don't want to say it's a light read, but, but it's like an easy read. I guess that's the way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. None of these are really light. <laughs> no, 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 no. Heavy topics, but yeah, that's cool. Are you on Goodreads? Um, no, I just, um, Amazon, like Kindle oh, okay. or whatever. Okay. But. I was on it for a time. And the reason I asked is because you said the suggestions things, because the Goodreads is really good at giving you suggestions based on what you've read. And it's like, you can keep your library of books on there. And, um, I stopped oh, doing no. it, but I, I should get back on because it's always good when you're looking. Um, yeah. Okay. What is your one message to send to the world? Oh, this was another one that I got stumped on, <laughs> but um, especially like right now with everything that's going on, I think just like you have to be in control of what you can control and just like stop worrying about outside factors because um, just doing your best and doing your part, I think is just very important. And I know that some people are just like, oh, well, you're not going to change the world by like doing that one thing, but you can't think like that. You have to hope that everyone is doing that as well. So I think that would be my one message. I love that message. That's a great message. Well, Carissa, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And I'm honored to be your first podcast. Yes. Very first time. <laughs> very exciting. Um, and best of luck with your training. And I hope that you guys can get some races lined up and hopefully everything kind of dies down in the next couple of weeks and events can go on and, um, I look forward to seeing what you do at the trials. Awesome. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be on your podcast. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Yes. Thanks. Bye, Carissa. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Carissa, for coming on the show and sharing your story and giving us all a little nudge of motivation. We appreciated that so much. Make sure you all get on social media and let Carissa know that you enjoyed hearing from her. Again, her Instagram is Carissa, S-C-H-W-E-I-Z-4. You can find me on social media on Instagram. I am LindsayHine626. On Twitter, I am at LindsayHine. And on Facebook, I am All Have Another Podcast with LindsayHine, where we have a group as well. You definitely want to join that group and check it out. Again, you can find bonus episodes on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash LindsayHine. And I thank you all so much for being here today and listening to this podcast. Without you, none of this is possible. So thank you so much for being here. All right. Have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.